my name is Andrew Wormsley, and you're listening to episode 169 of Photography Insights. And this is the show that interviews people from the photography world. Today, it's a slightly shorter show than usual, and one of those special catch-ups I discussed about last year. There'll be more of these over the coming months, but I will spread them out for you. This one features Andrew Sanderson from the UK, who was last on the show back in episode 66. So I thought it'd be nice to hear what Andrew's worked on in the last couple of years. He's the infamous Ilford Darkroom Master who has helped many, many people. He's caring and a knowledgeable person and often found on Facebook groups helping out newbies like myself. And he's recently started a new business and launched a new Instagram account at the same time to go with it. Now he's offering a, a creative approach to printing. So that's a standard silver gelatine print on 10 by 8 paper. Uh, and instead of like a straight print you'd get from a lab, if you allow him to, he'll provide his own artistic interpretation of your negative. And I think that's a great idea, and it's already something he's seen a lot of interest in. So, in this one we're going to discuss keeping people interested, kitten pro lenses, the weird lens guy, fun, and art galleries. So do check out Andrew's new feed, and he's sending over some uh, images of a print he's made, so do check them out on my website, and any other questions, don't hesitate to get in contact with him. Um, He's a very, very useful and resourceful man. So, without further ado, let's play the music and await our guest, Andrew. And welcome back to the show, Mr. Andrew Thank Sanderson. You very much, Andrew Ian Walmsley. <laughs> <laughs> We're very formed today because we've both got Andrew, <laughs> see? <laughs> no, it's been um, really good getting to know Andrew. So, you know, 60, episode 66 is such a long time ago for me. I mean, you're talking of over two years ago, man. Wow. It's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I, I'm very lucky that Andrew stayed in touch with me. And, you know, I'm popped in messages here and there and he's always been... Um, kind enough to send me uh, replies back and usually with useful information. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, and it, it's something I always noticed about you that um, you're always there in the groups, you're always trying to say nice things and help people like myself and I think that's a nice thing to give back to people, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, we... we spoke briefly before the recording started and I said that um, when you start off as a young photographer and printer you're excited about everything that comes out of your camera everything that comes out of your darkroom and you, as as old guys we have to remember that excitement uh, and, and when we look at someone else's work we can't be critical of it because they, they haven't reached a certain standard we have to remember that that fuzzy picture or that wonky picture or that badly composed picture that they're putting up is something that they're really excited about. And you have to 
Um, mm-hmm. You have to nurture that excitement. You have to bring them on and get them to do the next thing and, and the better thing, the thing that they're going to do next and the thing that you're going to do after that. You know, when you look back on your old work and you go, oh, God, I was so rubbish in those days. That's, that's because you've actually <laughs> improved. You know, I mean, you will, you'll obviously have certain, yeah. you'll have a nostalgia for certain images that you've done, but on the whole, you can see a progression. Mm-hmm. People look back and they slag off their early work and go, oh, that was awful. But what they, what they, do, what they fail to realise is that's proof that they've actually improved. They've grown as an artist. They've grown. They've learned new techniques. They've, they've refined what they're doing. You know, and so with these new people, you have to bring them on. You have to give them the space to to expand and grow into new and exciting people. You can't you can't um, stifle their creativity with criticism early on. If they if they think what they've done is rubbish mm. or wrong in some way, it's going to put them off. And before you know it, there'll be nobody doing darkroom, and there'll be no you can't you won't be able to buy paper anymore. It'll be a dead duck. So it's in everybody's interest to keep these people who are fresh to it and new to it interested and interested enough to keep going with it and experimenting more yeah yeah exactly because we don't know what the future is um of this world um you know like we've said we've seen peaks of people returning to film and that room you know we've spoke to many um educators and there seems to be a resurgence yeah. in some areas the only, the only thing that people break. think about when they talk about the price comparisons between digital and film is the cost of film. And really, they don't ever think, well, mm. a, a camera costs like five grand if you want to get something top-notch. You know, it's, it, it's, mm. it's, it's ridiculous. You know, you don't need to spend that much money to take pictures. No, it was something I was saying to someone who didn't realise, like when I was talking about film cameras, I was sort of saying there is actually not a professional range of lenses. It it was not the same thing back then. So, like, I've got an Olympus mm. OM2. There are different range um, focal lengths, but there isn't necessarily a pro version and a standard version of any of the lenses. No, because they made them all to a high standard in the first place. They didn't, they didn't make lower-grade ones for the amateur, amateur range. That hadn't occurred to them until sort of, I would suppose it would be the mid to late 80s, wouldn't it? When um, kit lenses were coming out on cameras and there were cheaper versions of things. Um, up till then, everything right. was made, they were out trying to outdo, outdo each other, I think, for quality uh, and size and, and features. They, they, I think that yeah. they, I think there was a shift in, in their business model later on and they thought, well, we can sell them crap, we can sell them rubbish and, just tell them it's good, you know. And, and you look back on all this old equipment, you think, "Wow, it's so well made, and the lenses are amazing." Totally, and it's something everyone talks about, isn't it? When and because of mirrorless, obviously, you've seen this resurgence in yes, old yes. lenses, anyway, that's, haven't you? And that's been fantastic. I mean, it's not great if you want to go out and buy a second-hand lens for your old Pentax because suddenly they're dead expensive because everybody's. Everybody wants them for their mirrorless camera. <laughs> and, and it's been interesting to see how s- mm. some very obscure lenses have, have become cult classics, haven't they? Because of, because of that kind of thing, it's, that kind of use. Yeah. 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 And then you get the odd YouTuber. There's uh, the weird lens guy, uh, the French guy. I always remember one that you would absolutely love as well. So he's trying to see if he could take a photo without using actual um, yeah. pre made lens. And he was trying to make one out of ice. So he set off on an adventure of go to um, 
like Canada, and the idea was he would collect the ice and he had a mold and he'd go get the ice str straight away and then mold it to the camera and try right. and take the shot. It was, it was a great episode and he had so many failures and he got All one right. shot he was happy with. Um, so it was artistic, you know, it, it's not going to win an award for the most in-depth no, detail but... photo. But it's certainly something you would like because and it's also, it's, it, it, there's something it's admirable creative. about um, watching someone who's so passionate about something, even if it's just for a month or two, very passionate that they'll, they'll go somewhere mm. extreme and they'll try again and again and again until they get a result <laughs> because they, they've got something, they've got something in their head that says, I've got to make this work, I've got to make this work. And that's interesting when people are like that. I think it's nice, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen it. So when I was in the dark room, I have this shot I always return to, one of my very first colour negatives I'm very proud of, and I do loads of prints with it. And I was doing it with a uh, colander oh, yeah. out of the kitchen, and I was doing different techniques with it because I, I had an image in my head of what I wanted it to do, and I was trying to work out how the light would fall. And by rocking the colander, would it change the um focal plane and of course right. it didn't because you're not adjusted the focal plane you you're adjusted how much yeah. light is hitting it you know, yeah it makes yeah. sense afterwards so after the three different techniques of like holding it still holding it closer to the enlarger uh and then swaying it one of them was really good because it had like it was like little dimples uh, all yeah, over yeah. um so it's like little pinpricks all over and it, you know, the next next one was a little bit more normal, and then the next one was far more normal. So it was like, you know, you have you chosen the right process, and did you remember how you yeah. did it so you can do it again? And it's like you're saying, you know, it's finding that that keeps me exciting. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and you know, yeah. when you show your friends that you're like, have you ever done that? And it's like, no one thought of doing that. <laughs> Good. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. Um, it's it's all about learning, isn't it? And and I think you either find the passion or you're naturally interested in learning yeah. more. I think it's hand in hand, isn't it? That's, you're having you're having about. fun uh, doing it, but you're also learning at the same time. Yeah. And at the end of it, you've got something that perhaps other people enjoy as well, and you get some kudos from that. That other people go. Or you've achieved something, or I love that. That's that's a great feeling because you feel like mm. you, you're on the right track. Then, um, and we all like to be complimented. But yeah, it's about having fun. It's it's got to be fun. Mm. If it isn't fun, why do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, because it's been so long, we need to go through some of the things that I've changed now. We were talking recently, and you've got this new um, Instagram, haven't you? Okay. So do you want to tell us about this, Andrew? Well, I can't even remember how the idea came to me, but uh, it's only, it must only be two months ago that it occurred to me that there are a lot of people out there now who are shooting stuff, they've got great negatives, they've, they've, they've tried out all sorts of interesting developers, the new pyro developer that James Lane's promoting that uh, Jay Defer has, uh, has put together in America, um, the Pyro 510. People are producing great negatives, but all I see online, oh, sorry, no, not all I see online, that's unfair. A lot of what I see online is basically people scanning the negatives and just inverting the images. 
And I don't think that you mm. get the full potential of an image that way. All you do is you see a positive image of what you've taken. And I keep seeing these images online and I think, oh, I want to burn that sky in or I want to see what I can pull out of those shadows. And I thought, really, I should be offering that service to people who are out there. If, you, if, you've, hmm. if, if you're shooting film, you may be getting your film processed at a lab, you may be doing it at home, but you won't have the experience to be able to print it creatively yet. So why don't I offer that as a service to people? I've got the skills to do that. So I thought, okay, well, I'll set up an Instagram page account and I'll offer that as a service. Basically, I'm a lab that doesn't just give you a straight print off your negatives. I'm a lab that gives you an artistic interpreted image print from your negatives so that you can you can see the full mm -hmm. potential of what you've shot. Uh, and if you'll give me free reign to interpret it the way I see it, I, I can amaze you with what, what comes out of that image. You know, that's the idea behind it. So the the, um, the name of the Instagram account is uh, masterprint.yournegatives. Masterprint your negatives with dot in the middle. Masterprint.yournegatives. You know, they must have only posted about 12 images so far because it's, it's a brand new thing. But uh, I'm going to keep up with it and I'm going to do videos and all sorts of things on there. And um, it's already stirred up quite a lot of interest. There were some great inquiries from people. So... Um, I'm going to stick with it because it's um, nobody else is offering that as a service. There are a few people op offering mm. um, platinum printing these days. That seems to be um, a lot more popular than it was. But again, it's just a, it, mm. it's you supply them with a digital image. They make a negative from that, and then they make a platinum print. So it still needs interpretation. The image still needs to be uh, manipulated for the highlights and the shadows and things like that before it even goes to that. So I'll be doing that by hand in the darkroom. It sounds a really interesting way, because like we've said, if you want prints doing, you would just go to a lab. They'll have deals in place where they use a certain brand of paper, probably a certain type of paper as well. And it'll be sort of like best guess. Well, it's automated. Really, it's automated. What you're getting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's no creativity no, no. at all, is there? I know when I was at college many, many years ago, we used, I used to shoot a bit of colour negative then and send it off to one of the top lads, labs in Leeds uh, and get prints done from them. Mm -hmm. And first of all, it was 35 mil, and then it was six, seven negatives, medium format. And they would come back, and I'd be so disappointed by the results because they didn't, have, they didn't look right. There was just something mm. flat and uninteresting about them. And it, it was only when I started printing my, my own work properly that I realised what was what was missing. It was an interpretation that was missing, you know. But labs, ordinary mm. labs, can't do that. They don't have the skills. They don't have the, the artistic insight. And they don't have the talent. So that's where I come in. Yeah, see, to me, it's different because are there probably more technicians? Yes. Yeah. Um, because obviously there is some skill in doing that as a job anyway, like most jobs, isn't it? But art and technical side of very different Indeed, things yeah. out there. Yeah. So if you was to give, uh, if someone um, gave you a negative, would they be choosing paper types, processes types? Or I think are we just talking of black and white colour? I'm going to print on Ilford warm tone paper because I consider it the best paper at the moment yep. that's available. Um, okay. 
I'm not going to be offering other processes like gum, cyanotype, hygiotype. I'm not going down that route. I'm just going to stick with silver gelatin prints and, uh, as I said, that, keep it simple to start with, and then we'll see if it needs to expand at a later date. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, it's not like you're not experienced enough. It's uh, it's just, I suppose, a nice starting thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And 10 by 8, I mean, I love printing 10 by 8, so, you know, I do little test strips, but everything I would do, I'd only ever yeah. buy 10 by 8 yeah. paper. Uh, I've got a couple of um, larger bits of paper, but actually my concern is about using that much uh, that yeah. much chemicals in the trays that is it going to be wasting my time so um and then like you say they're so big that's a lot of hanging space uh, i haven't got anything any way of washing yeah. them because my my buckets and trays aren't big yeah, enough it's a completely different so thing if you're doing it yourself when I'm, I'm set up to print comfortably up to 20 by 24 inches i've printed above that but it Ooh, is good. a pain so at the moment, I'm, yeah. I'm just keeping it sort of round about the 10-8. But we, as I say, we'll see. There may be demand for bigger sizes. I'm open to other inquiries, shall we say. Yeah. I, th I think that's a, it's a nice model. Um, it'll be interesting. So are you going to do any sort of pictures of like, like say, for instance, a straight print well, versus your that, Yes, print? I think what you're almost getting to there is I can show people the stages that I've gone through to get to that and do a little diagram to illustrate what the steps were that I went through to achieve that mm. final print so if and when they get a chance to print it in their own darkroom they can try and replicate those steps and and learn from it they're not just getting a printing service they're getting the information with it as well oh that's nice yeah because most people don't even ever offer that you wouldn't get that no, no, you, no you're paying for my art yeah so it becomes yeah, a sort of nice. teaching resource as well yeah that sounds a really good thing i think it's a case of finding the right person yeah isn't it? yeah well if i if i can get myself well publicized and, and, and the instagram account becomes bigger and bigger then people will find me you know, I'll be, people will approach me. As they have, I have already. I mean, people are, it's only been going a little while and people are approaching me already. So, Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because I, I remember first speaking to you that you were amazed at how many people followed yeah. your work. Yeah. You were messaging you, weren't you? So you've obviously still got that following and it's obviously only increased in the past two years, hasn't it? So. Yeah, I don't, I don't live in a big city. I live in a little... Yeah, well, it's, it's a bit bigger than a village, but it's not quite a town... Um, in, in the Yorkshire Hills and mm. I don't get to see what goes on in the photography world so I tend to sort of forget um, how other people view me I'm just I just get on with it and I assume everybody else is just getting on with it you know what I mean I don't need to compare myself to mm. so I really don't know how other people see me I think that's a really nice thing though because if you don't need to do that and be in that side of the world that's great because it's you know it's cutthroat world. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. Not interested. So, I really don't like cities. No, I really don't no. like cities. They make me feel uneasy, and uh, I've got a very poor sense of direction. So if I ever go to a city, I'm like, uh, oh, I just don't know which way to go. You know, I don't know how to find my way around. And, 
you know, it, it's just an <laughs> awful situation for me. It just doesn't suit the way I think. Um, and, I need a minder. I think that's the thing. Like, I, I like bits of all sorts, so I love going to cities for my architecture yeah, yeah, and the glass. Yeah, I can understand the appeal. Oh. One thing that would draw me to a city would mm. be a great exhibition. You know, I don't think that would be something I'd make the effort for. Mm. I used to love going to municipal galleries um, in, in every big town. They, uh, they would have their own uh, art galleries full of art collections that they've amassed over the years. And you go and see these collections, and there's all sorts of amazing stuff in there. And I used to love standing around looking at these paintings and working out the composition, working out why I was compelled to look at it, what what's going on. You know, and I think that <laughs> filtered into my photography. It's it certainly helped me compose pictures in a um, a more instinctive way. You know. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I know I know a lot of people have said they love going to galleries and they can stand there and, mm. and view for ages. I think that's a skill in itself because I literally have no patience. <laughs> It's it's unbelievable, um, and you would think that it's probably strange for someone who likes that room. But and also, you work um, you work in IT, yeah, work. and you must have to have endless patience for things that go wrong all the time. I do, yeah. That's bizarre. I know. Yeah, I have no patience. Crazy. I have no patience know, for computers. Yeah. It's driving me mad. Yeah, it, it's so strange. I, it's why, like. Um, I won't do certain types of photography, like um, you'd say yeah. wildlife photography or landscapes where you're going to have yeah. to sit there for hours. Oh, my God, <laughs> there is no chance of that. I I'd have to be moving within two <laughs> or three minutes. I, I just I just can't do it. I mean, uh, I was telling someone the other day, there's, uh, there's an owl that um, sort of lives near this area I go to all the time. And... It's like a mission I've got to try and shoot a picture of it. Um, but bear in mind, I'm obviously only shooting film, and I only oh, have a 50 right. mil lens. You're really limited. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. it, it'll only, yeah, very limited. It's going to have to be very close up. But um, my plan this time was to take my flash with me, uh, and I'll just guess the exposure. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> quite happy doing that. And I was all set up, and... By the time I put the flash um, on, made sure the triggers worked, it actually <laughs> moved on. And it's like, I'm glad I didn't go there and sit there for two hours yeah. and do that. So I was actually going for a walk. If it comes up, yeah. I will get a picture of it. And for me, that's it. It's a walking thing. I love the fresh air. If I get the opportunity to take a fantastic. If I yeah, don't, yeah. no big deal. And that's how I think you have to be, because um, I think sometimes you can get a little bit too obsessed about making something, and if you can't quite do it, I don't want it to ruin my day, because it is the weekend, yeah. and it's my time yeah. to relax. So I know that must be different for yourself. Because I, I don't generally stand around for hours waiting for stuff hours to happen, and I don't get up at four o'clock in the morning and drive to a location to wait for dawn and things like that. I, can't, I don't do that sort of thing. Okay. Um, there are lots of, of landscape photographers who do that kind of thing. Uh, it's just not my 
I again, now I I like to be surprised by places and situations. So it, that can be any time of the day. Yeah. It doesn't just depend on dawn light. It's it's more about mm-hmm. the juxtaposition of things for me. I mean, the light's got to be right. It can't be rubbish light. Yeah. It can't be horrible light. Sometimes a, a grey day is okay for some types of photography, but sometimes low sunlight is, is your best friend. Um, but I'm not tied mm. to the golden hour or whatever it is. You know, that's not my sort of photography. No, no, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, this place I go back to, I'm continually shooting it in different light and seasons. Um, so I'm finding it quite interesting how it works. And actually, it's helping me learn about what lying conditions I shouldn't be shooting yeah, yeah. and sort of working. Um, because I don't want to waste the film. Uh, and I think one of them was a lot of colour. And it's like, you know, that's like yes. gold dust now. <laughs> isn't it? So you really have to learn from this sort of stuff. And I think shooting the negatives and then trying to print them, I was realising actually where taking the picture was the mistake right so you weren't spending enough time on the picture before you press the shutter is that what you're saying yeah, yeah or it was yeah. wrong light and you know at the end of the day if you've yeah. got massive shadows and you want something fully um without a shadow or like it's um like it's like a car yeah. um in a bush and it's like you know it's a, a crazy yeah. place for a car to be but because the light's got, it's like split lighting. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it looks yeah. awful. Like it just, you know, it's just so wrong. I think wrong. That, that what you're describing there is maybe seeing things in different ways because people who are not practised as photographers, they, they look at something and they go, all right, that's that's a vehicle in a bush, all right, whereas the situation you described. Hmm. And that's what they're interested in. But as a photographer, you'd look at it and you'd go, well, yeah, there's a vehicle in the bush. That's an interesting subject, but the sun's behind it. There's no way I'm going to get a shot of that. And you're looking at it in a different way. Exactly. You, you're thinking your way around it and mm-hmm. working on whether it's going to work as a picture or not. That's the that's the the mindset you've got to get into, rather than just be rather than just responding to the things that you see. You've got to work out whether they're actually going to work yeah. on a bit of paper. Yeah, and that, I, I think that's yeah. took me a couple of years. We, you know, time's irrelevant in that sense. It's the fact I'm now doing that, and there are more times when I don't yeah. press the shutter, and I think that that's much, much better for me. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's been an interesting way of learning um, for me is by you going to this same place, and I'm I'm now thinking about seasons and where the sun's going yeah. to rise and set. Um, you know that. The, the bushes change because yeah, of summer yeah. and spring. Um, get get into it. Um, you know, do I really want uh, nettles yeah. things <laughs> on my face <laughs> because the nettles are as high as my face? Uh, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and you know, is the farmer gonna um, get agitated with me again? But so, I think it's a useful exercise to go out things. with just one shot in the camera. Whether that's um, whether that's mm. you know shooting a pinhole, you know, with a bit of cut film in the back or bit of photographic paper in the back or something like that so you've only got the one shot and you have to go out and you've got to think very carefully about what you're going to use what subject you're going to choose for that one image to to make your efforts justified you know so you don't feel like you've wasted your time i agree and and i think that's where like 
if anyone hasn't tried like four by five or five before that they they ought to try it and just yeah. put paper in because exactly the same reason uh it's the same reason i love shooting medium format i know if i've only got 15 yeah. shots i'm going to be very careful with m15 yeah. without yeah. a doubt whereas 35 mil i'm a little bit more i'm a bit more casual yeah. about it um and don't worry me too much and uh film's a little bit cheaper usually so it's not a problem but um but then when i'm like printing i'm still very careful of what negative to choose because i don't want to wait yeah, so you, you might shoot 36 shots that you've thought about carefully and then when you look at your contact sheet you might mm. choose six from those that that you think are the strongest on the sheet and then when you go in the dark room you might only have half an hour so you've got to choose the best one out of those six to print so you 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 are distilling each time you're distilling it and distilling it to get the best out of what what you do all those other shots are not wasted mm. they're you're learning as you go along they're stepping stones to a greater understanding aren't they they're, they're your um they're your practice to get to where you are for your better work yeah yeah exactly and I, I think it's something you picked up on um when we were talking one day about people ask questions don't they and say um does anyone know who's good at this and then you get you know you might get an idiot like me who doesn't know anything about that subject replying oh have you tried this guy and it's like you forget the people around you like yourself who have been out there many years and use so many different processes and techniques but are also kind enough to um, help people you know people yeah yeah because um, i could because i love it when other people are uh, excited and passionate and, and fascinated with it as i am you know i want other people to enjoy it as much as i do and that's only going to happen with encouragement. Do you think you get a um, like a stigma attached? I get to sorry, what? Like, um, do you think like you get like a stigma attached to you uh, as a reputation of being, say, a darkroom printer, but then maybe won't contact you for camera advice, for instance, or something I'm, like that? I'm not sure if stigma is the right word. Um, no, it isn't. No. Um, I don't mind what people ask me about if it's something I've had some experience in I'll, I'll share it but I, it's always the caveat that mm. it's not necessarily the only way to do things and uh, other people manage very well doing things a different way and I think that's what's fascinating about this medium of film and darkroom that there's lots of there are lots of ways to produce great images it's not just it's not just one way of mm. doing it you know we're not we're not learning um that i mean if you, if you were to learn ballet there'd be only one way to do it i'm, I'm sure you've got to do, you've got to do it the right way but we've got the freedom to do all sorts of things mm. in all sorts of ways and combine things you know try this try that combine this with that and do things that break the rules sometimes and still produce amazing work yeah. it's constantly fascinating mm. and it's a it's a um, it's a never-ending um, source of discovery and excitement. Yeah, and, and of course, there is a lot of changes in the world now. 
obviously you've seen massive decline in what films are available, yeah. what papers available. But on the flip side of that, you look now, you've got chroma camera in this country, you've got camera dactyl yeah. in America, you've you've got um, Jason Lane's dry plates. New developers, um, all sorts of things, all yeah. these yeah, like yeah. you say, yeah, like Pyro. Um, and then we're getting um, yeah. the Pinster yeah. box, you know. So what's your thought on all these? Look I think like they're brilliant. I think, I mean, they, these guys can't hope to make um, a fortune out of these things. It's, it's, um, it, it's, it's, they're doing it as a passion and, and, and good luck to them in their businesses. I think it's brilliant. Um, uh, uh, no, I, there's not much I can say. I'm, 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 I'm um, struggling for words. I, I'm full of admiration for these people. I haven't investigated these things because I haven't got the time. I've got too many other things to get on with. Mm. I see a little bits of them here and there on Facebook and on, on YouTube and things. And I think, good on you. you know. And and it is a great time for that kind of thing, isn't it? There's such a, a, a surge of mm. interest in all of these different aspects of photography. And I think we've got to we've got to thank the youngsters for that. Because it was the youngsters that that got film um, brought film back as a cool retro thing. It's not that long ago that the, mm. the, the, there was a, re, a renewed interest in film. Because if you think back, film cameras you could pick them up for next to nothing when when digital came in with a vengeance. When everybody went digital, the professionals and mm. the amateurs, film film cameras were were ten a penny, weren't they? And then young kids started getting mm. them and thinking, oh, this is cool, we can we can do things the old way. It, 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 it took on a certain momentum and then it's become this this massive worldwide thing. Let's keep it going, let's keep it, uh, let's make it bigger and bigger. But we've got to realise it was the youngsters that made that happen. I, I think that's really nice, Andrew, because like a lot of what I see online is people using this word like hipster and stuff. In more of a negative thing, yeah. Right? It's yeah. Maybe they're doing it for now, and, and it's going tomorrow. But so what? You know, who, who's anyone to complain about these sorts of things? It's like you might as well call me a hipster. Then I haven't been shooting <laughs> films for that long. There are a lot of people out there who like to slag off other people because it gives them a slight sense of superiority for a little while. But, um, Mm. It's it's no real achievement, is it? No, like you say, yeah. let's stay yeah. positive and keep people interested in it. Um, if, if they get obsessed and keep doing this, then there's going to be more creators in the future because all the people creating are fairly young. <clears throat> um, <laughs> no, no, I mean creating these <laughs> devices, mate, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Art has, uh, um, art is yeah, yeah, it's always basically. changing, isn't it? And um, you can't just say, oh, yeah. this modern music is rubbish, you know, uh, this modern photography is rubbish. Yeah. It's, you've got to realise that your time is your style and the next time is someone else's style and then that'll change again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it makes me wonder what's going to change in the future. Um I know there's not going to be much changes in film because obviously there's only really few Gene Kodak out there. And Ilford. And tell us. And then yeah. Ilford, for, well, I was going to say yeah, Ilford yeah. for black and white in there. Uh, I mean, God, it would be amazing if they could do something with colour. Um, 
and I hope to God to do something with someone and you know start making emulsion because I think it'd be a game yeah, changer. They did do colour for a while, um, especially I in the, the UK. They were doing colour. Did they? Mm. Ilford Crawl. Yeah. Mm. And that was Ilford Town. Yeah. They were a much bigger organisation. So, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if there's licensing no. issues or trademarks. You just don't yeah, know yeah. these things now. Um, um, it, it would be great to see, um, to have something in this country. Um, mm. Who knows? Who knows? They, really they do nice. surprise us, don't they? They bring out stuff that we don't always expect. Yeah, because I think some areas haven't changed much. Um you know, there's still people like Kaiser that are making enlargers, you know, Patterson's still yeah, there, yeah. isn't it? But mm-hmm. they're not making um, new no, they're products. No, they're just producing, in, they're in just carrying on producing good quality products. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just a shame that, like, all these great minds can't work together in some way. I think there's there's, um, there's some collaboration between Patterson and Ilford, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really nice to see, and I know some you know retailers partner up and, and things like that because we can buy American film over here from people like FPP uh, and things like that, which is cool. Um, I mean, I, you know, I'm a massive fan of Washi film. I think it's great. You can you know, Lomig sat there. Oh, you'd like some of that stuff um, because it's yeah. like Japanese paper. I think you'd like that. Um, I like the grainless stuff um, because right. it's high contrast. Uh, it's just the fact that it's, you know, just Lomig by himself making all this film in, in his dark room and then yeah. selling it worldwide. And I just think, you know, how can one guy make all <laughs> these reels? It, it's amazing. Um, so there are potentials for small yeah. you know small yeah. businesses really yeah well um, yeah yeah well you know you're part of that right so you know you you're all partnered together aren't you because without ilford you don't have the yeah, chemicals yeah. and the paper um everyone needs um these immediate things uh, otherwise we don't yeah, let's keep each other let's keep each other um, inspired and uh Keep using the materials. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. that's why I would say buy the fresh chemicals. Um, keep buying the paper mm. off people in the film. Keep supporting. Uh, it's all right shooting expired stuff, but that's good for experimenting, and it it doesn't help businesses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough, Andrew, for coming back on. Um, it's been great having a, a nice... Yeah, I'm sorry if I rambled on. I tend to do that. You give me a subject to talk about and I'll just rattle on and off, off on a tangent about something <laughs> else. <laughs> no, no. It's it's something we both yeah. love, isn't it? So I think um, if you just remind everyone where they can create... Um, they can check out your main um, work. That would okay. be great. Well, okay. it can be found on Facebook, uh, just as Andrew Sanderson. Um, but the main place to see uh, a wide range of my work... Is Andrew Sanderson Photography on Instagram, and my new printing uh, Instagram account is masterprint dot your negatives. There we go, and obviously we'll put the links in the show Thanks notes for everybody. 
no, not a problem. So, thanks so much, Andrew. Uh, it's always nice hearing from you, and um, I'll be watching and seeing how we get on with the Cheers, mate. It'll be lovely. Thanks for everything. Bye. Right. Hey, y'all. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed um, interviewing. Please don't forget, if you want to get involved, I'm starting to put out there on social media uh, the list of guests for that week. You are welcome to submit any questions you want to ask, and hopefully I'll read them out for you. Whether you want to do that through Instagram, um, direct message, you can just click. If you click on the direct message bit, uh, there's a button there and you can record and send that right across uh, but there's many apps you can do or email me or send me a dm on facebook instagram whatever that's cool with me for those of you who want to support the show please don't forget uh, itunes reviews are always appreciated and obviously i will read them out uh, the following week for you and i tend to use them on social media so that's all very much appreciated if you'd like to help contribute towards the show, then don't forget there's my coffee page where you can submit anything from $1 or upwards and I'll keep a note on there what I'm trying to achieve um, as the months and years go by. For those who want to keep coming back to the show, don't forget you can just subscribe in your friendly podcast app of choice and there's a weekly newsletter on my website flogger.co.uk so it's p-h-l-o-g-g-e-r and you'll get an automated email from me and that tells you each week uh, what's gone up on the website so it's the podcasts and any articles I've wrote so yeah thank you so much and I'll see you again soon bye